0: Welcome to the Heart for the World Church sermon podcast. It is our desire that you will be greatly encouraged as Pastor Dale Walker and others bring a fresh word from God directly to your heart. Be blessed.
1: Great job, Hannah.
0: As you see uh,
1: in your sermon notes, we're starting this new series. I'm so excited about it uh, called How to Really Connect... With God, so we can connect with each other. I, I don't know about you, but some of my favorite stories or, or movies are, are about a situation where people are, are stuck in a lot of conflict and divided and anger, and an unexpected hero shows up and, and somehow sparks bringing everybody together. You know, maybe you saw Top Gun and that was kind of cool, or remember the Titans. Uh, Anybody remember the pacifier with Van Diesel? Anyhow, this, that's an old one, but some of my grandkids had me watch it. But suddenly someone comes in and they, they shift the atmosphere where, where everybody was like, we don't want you. We don't like you. And, and they create this sense of, wait a second. Why don't we come together? And when they do, something great happens, a great victory. Uh, I call it a love illusion. Today I want to talk about how to start a love illusion. Somebody say love illusion. <laughs> all right. What is that? That's, that's when all of a sudden God's love comes and, and fills a place where there was hatred, there was hurt, there was division in our life. In, in this, at the very heart of it is, is what I believe is the greatest need in our community today. There is a, Epidemic of what I call disconnection. People have become isolated. Dr. Glenn Hill, in a book we're going to encourage you to read, says it's so interesting if people are lonely, just being lonely physically is the equivalent of smoking a pack of cigarettes every day. You see, you and I were made for connection. We come alive when we're connected, and we start to fall apart when we're disconnected. Jesus said it's like We're branches and he's the vine. When we're connected with God and each other, fruit's coming out of our life. But what happens when a branch is disconnected? It just begins to wither. It begins to just literally die and and lose its life. Way back in World War II, there was a, a very sad report. This orphanage person who ran an orphanage gave this report that, of course, there were so many thousands of orphans, and and they were way overfilled those those orphanages, and they didn't have enough staff. And this one uh, nurse reported that when when they all came in there, uh, there there was crying everywhere. The kids were crying. They just wanted to be held, but they couldn't even feed them, and they they there were so many of them. And they said the strangest thing happened after about three weeks, where everything was just crying and kids were crying. All of a sudden it became silent and the babies just gave up and they just disconnected. Many of them started dying and most of them ended up in a very broken kind of condition. Why? We're made for connection. And and I feel that the enemy just loves to get people. I, I've told people many times the first step towards someone backsliding and not believing in God. It's not one day they wake up and say, I think I want to be an atheist, but they disconnect from church. They disconnect from people and then they begin to become more disillusioned and they just start of start straying away. In my heart today, I believe God wants to restore that connection we have with him first, but then really at the deepest level with one another. Um, Jesus said it, man, if you abide in me, he says, my life will abide in you. Anything you ask from me, I'll do it. This picture of abiding, there's a, there's a great verse and it just says, when we love, we abide in God and God abides in us. And so we're, we're going to talk about this. And here's sort of a theme verse I do want to read to you from Ephesians chapter five, verse two in the message. This is the theme of this series. Mostly what God does is love you. Keep company with him and learn a life of love. Observe how Christ loved us. His love was not cautious, but extravagant. He didn't love in order to get something from us but to give everything of himself to us love like that can you tell someone next to you love like that come on love like that he, he says this is your purpose in life how many know the greatest purpose of your life is love and the hardest thing you'll ever do is love how many know people are give us the most joy and people give us the most trouble right <laughs> but can i tell you your purpose today won't be what you accomplished or where you went it will be because you loved See, love breaks the darkness of this world. I love what Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. said. He said, darkness cannot drive out darkness. Hate can never defeat hate, but love can. One act of love is brighter and more powerful than a hundred acts of hate. As we go in our world, we see this turmoil. And God is asking us, come on, church. If we get together together, and we start loving each other. He has this incredible promise. Jesus prayed in John 17, 22. If you guys will walk in unity, the world will start to believe. He says, "I want my church to be such a place where, when, when people walk in, they see all of us high fiving. We're like loving, oh my long lost brother, you know." And everybody says, "I've always wanted a family like that." This, yesterday, uh, Shelley was a lot of went out to this outreach at the near Apodaca Park, and they were just giving out stuff, and and we had, they had a prayer tent. A lot of churches were there, and over a hundred people just showed up for prayer. I want God. I want God. The moment they saw just love, God started to touch them. Don't you ever just want to say when you see the division and strife, why don't you guys just get it together? Come together. (laughs) You know, my one of my favorite cartoons, it's a peanut cartoon, and Linus is is there, and, and Lucy's up there watching the show, and Linus wants to turn the channel, so he walks up to turn the channel on the TV, and Lucy looks at Linus and says, Linus, you see this? These, these are just five fingers. They're very weak. They're very fragile, but when they come together, they become an atomic force. And Linus walks away, and he looks at his hands. He says, "Why can't you guys ever get it together?" <laughs> Have you ever felt like it? Why can't we get it together? Why don't we start a love evolution today? Why don't we just do that in Las Cruces? Why don't we just do that? You say, "Well, how do you do? Is it is it complicated?" No, I think sometimes it's so simple that we miss it. One, we're too busy. Isn't that crazy? We're too busy to do the thing that we were most put on the earth for, connect, connect. And number two, we make it so complicated. A few years ago, a 100 professionals got together to try to define the kind of love that they thought would heal society. They decided the best place to to find it would be to go ask those not tainted by the world yet. So they asked four to eight-year-old children, what is love? Uh, Here were some of their answers. Rebecca, age eight, love is when my grandma got arthritis. She couldn't bend over to paint her toenails. So my grandfather does it for her all the time. Even when his hands got arthritis too, that's love. Billy, age four said, when somebody loves you, the way they say your name is different. You just know that your name is safe in their mouth. (laughs) Carl, age five. Love is when a girl puts on perfume and a boy puts on shaving cologne and they go out and smell each other. I don't know about that one. <laughs> Christy, love is when you go out to eat and give someone most of your French fries and with you don't make them give anything from their plate. <laughs> I don't know about that one. Okay. <laughs> uh Jerry said, "Love is what makes you smile, even when you're too tired to smile." Danny seven, love is when my mom, my mommy makes my daddy coffee and takes a sip to make sure it's okay. Emily eight says, "Love is is when you kiss all the time, and when you get tired of kissing, you still want to be together and talk." My mommy and daddy, they are like that. Boy, they look gross when they kiss. Anyhow. <laughs> Bobby, verse number seven says, uh, at age seven says, love is what's in the room at Christmas if you just quit opening presents and listen and feel. Nate said, if you, you want to learn to love better, you should start with the friends you hate. Wow, Nate, way to go, man. Noel, seven says, love is when you tell a guy you like his shirt and he wears it for a month. All right, I like that one. Claire, age six, says, my mommy loves me more than anybody. You don't see anyone else kissing me and putting me to bed, do you? Marianne, four, says, love is when your puppy licks your face, even after you left him in the house all day. Uh, Jessica said, you really shouldn't say I love you unless you mean it, but if you mean it, why aren't you saying it more? And then this last one was a four-year-old boy and his mom asked him. I thought this was just incredible. He went next door to an elderly elderly man who lost his wife of fifty something years. When the boy got back, his mom asked, "Honey, what did you say to the old man next door?" And the boy said, "Nothing. I just helped him cry." The greatest of these, the Bible says, is love. The greatest this is why for the next 40 days, we, we call these things campaigns. What are they? They are these spiritual growth focused events at our church. And the reason we do it, 40 days is significant. Jesus was 40 days in the wilderness. And, and the idea is when a group of people choose to have a common focus, and 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 the, the more of the people you can get to focus on the same thing and experience the same thing together to learn one of the commands of Jesus with all of their mind and heart and soul, if they do it together, the growth in accomplishing that is accelerated at an unbelievable pace. In, in John, in uh, Genesis 11, 6, it says, if, if you would be as one people, if you all speak the same language and have the same heart, then nothing will become impossible to you. If you really want to see a change in your life, you know, you can't just try this or try this, but say, okay, let's learn. And I'm, and I'm just going to challenge our church to give 40 days to learn to connect. We're going to be working through the book of Ephesians because it's the greatest, uh, letter on unity every ever written. In fact, I'm going to ask you, if you want to take the connection challenge to read it once a week, the book of Ephesians, you can listen to it in like 17 minutes. We're going to have seven days of prayer, and we're going to pray each chapter. We're going to, we're going to have these groups, these small groups, and I, some of you might want to start one. You don't have to do anything official. I'll, I'll give you all the materials we're going to use um, you might just meet for coffee with a friend or meet in your neighborhood. And uh we're gonna we're gonna learn these things called connection codes, which is obviously like how do you open the safe of love, you know, in, in one another's heart. We're, we're gonna have these groups, we're gonna call them laboratories of love. Doesn't that sound good? We're gonna we're gonna learn, not just to talk about how many know you don't learn love by hearing about it. A sermon won't do it. No, you activate it. One of my favorite verses is Romans 13, 14. It says, put on love. This is the bond of perfectness. And it's almost like, come on, man, you gotta put on a a, a different attitude. See, none of us, how many know none of us wakes up saying, I'm just thinking about the whole world and how much it has a need. No, you are thinking about you, come on. You wake up and say, I hope that coffee's ready. I hope there's not too much traffic. Like I say, someone says, we're all tuned in to WIIFM. What's in it for me? And it takes a deliberate decision to turn that channel in your mind and say, hey, how about, how about I put on love today? How about I live to give? How about I live beyond myself? I wonder who I could bless today. See, that's an intentional thing. It it takes a, a, a discipline to say, God, I'm willing to go to the cross today and take up the cross. Less of me and more of everybody else. I'm willing to learn the language of love. I'm willing to, to pray my way into a loving relationship. One of the things we're, we're believing for is we're gonna, we're gonna have this focused prayer these next, uh, few weeks. And next week I'm gonna ask you to, To let me know what is the greatest relationship miracle that you need to see God do for your life, for your family, for your marriage? What is the most impossible thing? How many know God loves to do the impossible? And, And we're gonna pray it together. You see, when one of us prays, we may have a little faith. But when all of us pray, it's like you have a little faith. I got a little faith. They got a little faith. Together, we got a lot of faith, right? Rick Warren says says that we're like, we're like snowflakes. Snowflakes are pretty fragile, but when enough of them get together, they can stop traffic. When enough of our faith is united, all of a sudden, we can start to ask God for amazing things. I put in your notes some of those things. I'm believing that God is gonna help. When we make connections, God's gonna give resurrections. I, I've told you this story. God, God resurrected my marriage early on. That's why we're here to, together. I, I see, uh, Rochelle back there, but I remember after her and Fred got married, it wasn't good. And she's honestly shared this. She talked to me, Pastor, I don't know if we're going to make it. This is just, this is just not working. It, it's just like this is dead. But today, God so restored them. They lead our marriage ministry at this church. Hallelujah. <laughs> Hallelujah. You see, when we choose connection, God gives the resurrection. Hallelujah. He wants to, to come to dead things and he wants to make them alive again. I love what Malachi 4.6 says. He will turn the hearts of the fathers to the children and he will turn the hearts of the children to their fathers. You know that God can do that? He can just turn your heart around. You know, one of the things I believe is that love takes a lot of faith. Have you ever had to love somebody by faith? (laughs) You didn't feel like loving it. I remember this lady worked at this place. She says, Pastor, I I know what you're saying about love, but I can't love my boss. He is such a jerk. And I said, no, I didn't say you love him. I said, you become a channel of God's love. God can love him. If you just line your heart with God, God will pour his love through you. She came back later and said, I don't know how I did it, but all of a sudden he's opening up to me and, 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 and I don't despise him anymore. It's amazing, you know, just God began to work. And you see, when you begin to say, I, God, I believe you, you're turning the hearts of, of my children. I don't see it right now. I may not see it next week, but God, I'm, I am not giving up because I know you can soften a heart. Because you did mind, God. I believe when you pray prayers of faith, you just lift the lid. You know, before you can't think of God doing much. But when what God loves is when you start to think of impossible things and ask impossible things. I put in your notes that that part of what faith is, Faith is refusing to let the experiences of the past define the expectations of the future. Because some of us say, well, it's always been that way and it's always hurt and we never got anywhere. Yeah, but God says, if you, through prayer, put me in the middle of the relationship, I can change everything. Just, Just pray me right in the middle of that troubled relationship and watch what I can do. When you begin to pray impossible prayer, suddenly you, you, you see things different. For example, I've learned this idea, pray exponentially. And what, what does that mean? Like, well, if you're, if you're praying for something out of zero. So, like, for me, naturally, I could pray for 10 of these connection groups. So God said, okay, up that. Why don't you pray for 100? I'm just saying, God, do the impossible turn our, our our church, Lord, into lighthouses all over this city. And, 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 you know, when I started praying, I said, I don't know about that. Then all of a sudden I started having ideas and inspirations. And, wow, they could do that. And I could feel the lid lifting off of me because my dream was getting the size of God's dream. I was starting to sit in heavenly places instead of wallow in the mud of my circumstances. And God can lift your faith. And I just want to challenge you because some of you have given hope. I just want you to start to pray. And we're going to pray these incredible prayers. And I'm going to start giving you testimonies. We're going to have some amazing testimonies over the next few weeks. When we pray, we're going to start seeing fruit in our life. See, Jesus said the secret of life is what he calls abiding in him. I like this verse in 1 John 4:17. It's so powerful. It says, God is love. When we take up permanent residence in a life of love, we live in God, and God starts to live in us. Isn't that good? This way, love has the run of the house, becomes at home and mature in us so that we are free of worry on judgment day. Our standing in the world is identical with Christ. You know I say, saying? saying? make up residence. You know, another verse says, whoever lives in love, lives in God, and God lives in them. Jesus said, I, I've reduced all these rules and commands to one. Love as I have loved you. If you'll do this one thing in life, if you'll learn to connect with God so that you can connect with others, if you learn the Jesus way of receiving the Father's love and giving that Father's love, he says, you're going to live in God. <laughs> he says, and if you abide in God, you're going to have fruit, joy, You're going to be able to ask anything in my name. You're going to see it because I'm going to be living and breathing in you. Another verse in Ephesians 4, 16, it talks about when we learn to talk in love, in the truth in love, when we learn to communicate. It says, it keeps us in step with each other. His very breath and blood flow through us, nourishing us so that we will grow up healthy in God. Don't you like the idea of God's blood and air flowing through you? See, the idea, again, is that we're like a body. The church is a body, right? Arm, and you're the ear, and I'm that. What happens if I accidentally cut my arm off? It's laying over there, (laughs) shriveling up. But what if I reconnect it? Blood starts to flow. And I just declare, somebody here has been disconnected for a long time. Some of you have shut down. Your spiritual life is shut. You're not feeling God anymore. God didn't move, friend you became disconnected. And today, please don't leave this place without saying, God, I need my connection back. I need the blood, the life to flow through me. It involves a journey that we let God work in our hearts. There are things in us. How many know when you start to love, you begin to realize you got some rough edges. Anybody say I got rough edges? Maybe you say, I'm not sure, but she does. But anyhow, something like that. I wanted to show you this picture of a, of a porcupine. Can I, isn't that cute? I started thinking some of us are a little bit like porcupines. The North American porcupine has 30,000 quills, each with 700 to 800 barbs. How many know it could be hard for porcupines to get close? <laughs> and I started thinking, when you start this journey of love, you begin to realize you've got a lot of hurt points. You've got some triggers. you got some things that, that in the moment, you, you know, someone said, you got a, like a spiritual sunburn. People get close to you, you know, because you've been through some stuff. And it's not an easy journey to trust again. And it's not an easy journey to be vulnerable. How many know you can't love without being vulnerable? <laughs> It's not easy to say, I want to risk this again. But Jesus says, trust me on this journey. One by one, I'm going to pull out those, 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 you know, quills. I'm going to, I like to say, I'm going to take out the quills and the barbs and you'll have scars, but those scars will heal and those scars will be how you heal others. But just keep walking with me through this journey. I'm going to transform you from a prickly pear <laughs> you know, to a soft and gentle person, one choice at a time. I'm going to restore what you were meant to be, a loving, free, holy person who lives in love. You know, one of the greatest ways we do it, and I talked about these small groups, but I've learned a long, you know, the best way to heal is to help heal somebody else. You know what the best way, someone says, well, I don't feel like I belong. Do you know the best way to belong? Help somebody else belong. Now you and them belong. (laughs) You know the best way to to be understood? Understand somebody else. Give what someone else needs and in the process of giving, God will give that to you. You need a greater sense of self-worth. Build somebody's self-worth up you'll become more secure. This, this lady was sharing her testimony with me. So beautiful. She said, you know, I grew up in a very abusive home. I was abandoned and all kinds of things. And I was afraid to have my own children because I was afraid that maybe I would do to my children what had been done to me. But my pastor told me this. My pastor said, he said to me, he said, you know, if you will just lean into God as you have children and learn how to show them the Father's love, as you love your children with the Father's love, he's gonna reparent you. He's gonna reparent your heart. And the wounds and the hurts of what you have been are gonna be replaced with the perfect love of God towards you that now flows through you. So we're on this journey together, and I I just wanna encourage you, please take the challenge. Just decide with us this coming week, you know, I'm gonna learn how to live outside of myself. And this morning, I just wanna start off and just give you the first two connection codes and we'll just get started and give you a taste for next week. But the first two are very simple. Number one, let God love you more than you've never ever let God love you before. And number two, learn to see people with the value that God sees them having. Learn to see with God's eyes the worth, and the esteem of other people. You know what? What is the most powerful truth is that the only way we can learn to love is, is to be loved. And, and I love the scripture says this: that love is not that we love God, but that he loved us. First John 4:10. That he loved us and sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sin. There, there's something so incredible that I pray for you. It's not that you just know that God loves you kind of in your head, but that you believe it in your heart. How many, a lot of people say, yeah, I know God loves me. No, but they don't know God loves them. They, 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 are, they are hearing it but it bounces off of them because it's not real until the Holy Spirit comes and he begins to speak to you in the Father's love language. Look at this verse in Ephesians 3.17 in the Passion. I just love it. Ephesians 3.17. This is the prayer that I'm praying over and over for all of you. Then by constantly using your faith, the life of Christ will be released deep inside you and the resting place of his love will become the very source and root of your life. Then you will be empowered to discover what every holy one experiences, the great magnitude of the astonishing love, somebody say astonishing love, of Christ in all its dimensions. How deeply intimate and far-reaching is His love? How enduring and inclusive it is—endless love, beyond measurement. It transcends our understanding. This extravagant love pours into you until you are filled to overflowing with the fullness of God. How does it happen? I believe it happens at the cross of Jesus. You know, these connection experts tell us there's two things you got to have to really connect with people. Number one, you've got to feel like you're enough. Number two, you you've got to know they're not going to abandon you. And many of us say, well, when I come to God, I always feel like I'm not enough. I'm not worthy. No, 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 no. You don't understand his love. Because his love does not depend on what you do or I do. You see, when Jesus died on the cross, he was taking our place. He was taking what we deserved, so that we could have what he deserved. He was being rejected ultimately so that we could stand in the very place that he stands before the Father in his righteousness, love, cherish, and beauty. You see, what I love about the gospel, the gospel is that you have to be good enough for God to love you. The gospel is, once you admit that you can never be good enough, you'll discover how much God loves you. How many can admit it? I can't be good enough. I don't got it together. ain't gonna get it together. But God loves me anyway. Hallelujah. And it's unconditional love. It's love so unbelievable. That the son of God would die for you, would cherish you, would say you are worth it and you will always be enough in my eyes. Because when I see you, I, I see my own son. <laughs> I love I love what this comic, you know, uh, Dennis the Menace and, and Dennis and Linus, uh, his friend Joey have, Gone to Mrs. Wilson's house and they got these cookies and milk. And and Joey says, Dennis, I don't know why she always gives us cookies and milk. We're not good. And Dennis says, Joey, you don't get it. We don't get cookies and milk because we're good. We get cookies and milk because she's good. How many know you're not going to get blessed today because you're good? You're going to get blessed because God is good and he loves you so much. And he can't stop wanting to bless you. And the Bible says neither height nor depth nor angel or principality or demon in hell can separate. He says, I'm never leaving you. I'm never, ever. You're enough. And I'm never leaving you. Until the ends of the earth, you're safe. You're safe to open up every heart, broken space. You're safe to bring your darkest secrets. You're safe in my presence. And right coming out of that, as that begins, and sometimes I just listen to a, a song of God's love, like love of God, you know, and then I just say, Lord, let me just be a sponge today, because I gotta get this from my head to my heart. I gotta be filled with the love of God. And this, the second one is that we then begin to look at others with the value that God puts on them. Someone says, how do I connect with people? You value people. You see, every person is priceless, as treasure. they are not those good ones, and there's not those ones I'd rather forget, and there's not those ones I can cancel. How many know Jesus doesn't cancel? Judas kisses him, and he won't cancel Judas. He dies for Judas. Because Jesus put a price tag on everyone who's ever lived. If you ask Jesus, Lord, what are they worth? He says, everything. I died for them. They are of endless, eternal worth. If you could see them the way I see them just one time, you would talk to them the way I talk to them. I like the story of the little brother. They were always fighting with each other. And, and uh, the brother said, oh man, Bobby, I wish you would put grandma's glasses on. He said, what are you talking about? He says, well, you know, when grandma puts her glasses on and looks at me, she says, I'm just the most handsome guy in the world. Maybe if you could look at me through Granville's glasses, I'd look a little better. And God says, if you could just look at your neighbor through my glasses, just for a second. What I love about our Jesus and how how I learned to love is that every single person that came to him, he valued. Why do you think kids jumped all over him? See, the first connection code law is people move towards those who make them feel tall on the inside and they move away from those who make them feel small on the inside. And Jesus made everyone feel tall on the inside. When they, he talked about the prodigal son who went off and sold out and lived with the pigs. Jesus was basically saying, you guys see him as a bum. I see him as a son. He is so valuable the woman caught in adultery. They wanted to stone her. You see her as a prostitute. I see her as a princess. I was so amazed. Just read this week again, the story of the Gadarene demoniac. It's just an incredible story because there's this guy who lives in this island, the land of the Gadarenes, and he is the most deranged person. I mean, you read about him and he's got a legion of demons. He is insane. He's running around naked in cemeteries. They try to chain him. He breaks chains. He's cutting himself day and night with stones. He's screaming like an animal. Everybody's terrified. But Jesus gets on a boat and says, I'm going to go clear across a lake. I'm going to leave everything I'm doing because there's a guy over there that matters to me. He goes right into the cemetery. He frees this man from the demons. The man just says, hey, I want to go home with you, Jesus. Jesus says, no, 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 you got to go to your house because you are not just a man who was crazy here in the cemetery. You are somebody's son. You are somebody's brother. You go and show them that you're a man of dignity. You go and show them what God thinks about you, that you are worthy of restoring. You are worthy of dignity and honor. You go and show them what Jesus thinks of your life. And that's how he sees every, everybody we see. And he calls us to come and say, Lord, would you help me not just communicate, but connect? Someone said, everyone communicates, but very few people connect with people. Very few people. Because see, connection isn't with the ears, it's with the heart. Connection is It's when you see people. I like what John Maxwell says. Every transaction you have this week will be one of two things. It'll either be a zero, a minus, or a plus. A zero is when you meet someone. Hi, how you doing? You were a zero, okay? You just were there. A minus is when you were snotty or whatever. But a plus only happens because you care. And you, you have it in your heart. I don't know how I'm going to do this, but I'm not going to just correct my kids this week. I'm going to connect. I'm going to partner with my kids. I'm going to find the language of their heart. This is what we're going to learn this is love language. I'm going to find what makes them feel big. I'm going to keep from doing something that makes them feel small. I'm going to call out greatness. I'm going to, I'm going to hear. And how many know it's just such little things. It's just so little. It doesn't take anything big. It's sometimes just how you smile at somebody. It's sometimes just how you listen. It's sometimes just saying, "Ooh, that's good." Ah. You see, one of the things I've had to repent of is is what someone calls a still face. Do you know what a still face is? It's. I'm not going to say this, but there's a few of you out there. Never mind. <laughs> But you know literally I go home sometimes and I and I've been so active and my mind is kind of way out there and and, and my wife will look at me and she'll like, "Earth today I'll come in I'll come in Where did you go?" That makes her feel small and it's just like telling myself I'm fully here and whoever's here right now is the most important person I've ever met and there's some way that I will be in this conversation that brings God's love to them. And, and it may just be a listening voice. It may just be, I hear you. I hear you. I don't, I don't hear what you're saying. I, I hear you. See, the deepest need of every human being is identity, self-worth. Whoever makes you feel big, you will move towards it. And whoever makes you feel worthless, you will stay away. This precious lady named Cindy, she was at the nursing home and she was with this, these people. And, and this, this lady was in a wheelchair, very old, just slumped over like this. She was like, so had so much dementia. She was just comatose almost. And Cindy just kept rubbing her back. Just kept speaking, what's your name? My name is Cindy. You're so beautiful. And just sat there. And then all of a sudden, the lady goes like this. Well, my name is Abigail, and I used to be a school teacher. And she came alive. And for the rest of the day, she was there. Someone had loved her to life. Someone who had gone away a long time ago because she wasn't seen, because she wasn't heard, and she wasn't understood. See, this isn't in nursing home, this is in our homes. God wants you to see his worth, his love, his value. And when you do, he will show you how to connect. And I, I want us just to, well, I'm going to ask the worship team because I did, I wanted to end a little early because I want us to take just a second to connect with God's love in a very special way. Would you bow your head with me? You know, some, some here, I just feel today you need to reconnect with the Father's love. You've not felt God's worth. You've not felt Maybe you've felt I've just messed up my life too much. I've I've just been in my own world and I feel like those people have just been disconnected. And I tell you, Father's looking for you today. He wants to forgive you of your sins. He wants you to know that whatever you've done in, in life, it's not as important to him as just who you are. He made you to be his son, he made you to be his daughter. He cherishes you. If you're the only person on this planet, Jesus Christ would have died for you. He would have given his life for you. And and his heart is breaking for someone because he says, where are you, daughter? I miss you. I miss you. I want you to know that I'm here. I want you to know that you're treasured to me. I want you once again to wake up and realize I am a child of God. I am a princess. I am a prince. I am altogether lovely. And, and I am forgiven. And I have a future. And God is my father. And heaven is my home. And the Bible says, what do we got to do? We just got to receive his love. How? You just believe on him. He says, if you believe in your heart that God raised Jesus from the dead, you'll confess with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, you will be saved I want to ask some of you right now, where you're seated, with every head bowed and eye closed. I want to ask you to come back to God, and you just say, "Pastor, I haven't been, I haven't been connected with God the way I should. Maybe I was once, but I just kind of lost my way. I've messed it up. But I want my relationship with God today back. He'll forgive you if you'll call on Him." With every head bow and eye closed, if you'd like to just join me in a prayer saying I want to connect with God, would you just raise your hand and say, that's me, that's me right now. Thank you, thank you, brother. Thank you so much. Thank you for those hands. Why don't we just stand up? Let's just pray this prayer together, could we? Could you put your hand over your heart with me? Pray this with me. Lord Jesus, thank you for dying on the cross to forgive all my sins to bring me back to God forgive me Lord come into my heart heal my relationship with you take out the broken pieces all the thorns the broken glass all that's been shattered in my heart I need you to heal me I receive your love and I confess you are my Lord. Jesus is Lord and my Savior. Thank you, Lord. I want us just to sing this song for all of us today. To remember our good, good Father. Let's just sing it and let's receive his love. Oh,
0: have heard thousand stories what they think you're loved. But I've heard the tender whisper of love in the dead of night And you tell me that you're pleased and that I'm never alone You're a good, good father It's who you are, it's who you are to you are and i'm loved by you to I am It's who I am it's to I am And it's a love so undeniable I can hardly speak And peace, so unexplainable lie, I can hardly think as you call me, deeper still as you call me.
1: part it's love so undeniable God's healing someone's heart right now I just see some abuse I just see someone who's been torn on the inside and God's just saying I'm touching you I'm healing you let's let it go oh my beloved let's let it go let me make your heart soft again let me take that out I can heal that I can hold you we can do it better this time. Come, Holy Spirit.
0: Let's sing that chorus one more time. Sing love so undeniable. And it's love so undeniable lie. I can hardly speak peace so unexplainable I
1: Lord says, you're my dear children. My heart aches. I love and cherish you with an eternal love. You didn't choose me, I chose you for the foundation of the world because I wanted you to be a part of my eternal family, to have a place with me at the throne, to live forever in the most beautiful place. I have redeemed you blood of the very Son of God, I have made a way for you to come out from the wounds and hurts you've been through into the love that you were made for. Believe in my love, receive my grace, let someone feel that today. I will be with you, I will never, ever leave you. There will never be something you do that makes you not enough for me. You are safe. You are secure. You are loved. Go in Jesus' name and His love and take it to those around you today. In the name of the Father, the Son, Jesus Christ, and Holy Spirit, God bless you. Amen and amen. God bless you. We'll be up here if anyone needs prayer. We'd we'll be glad to continue to pray for you. Please come and we'll pray for you. Have an amazing day. You are perfect in
0: all of your ways. Thank you for joining us for this episode of the Heart for the World Church sermon podcast. We hope that God's Word has inspired you today in a way that will boost your faith greatly. We want to encourage you to visit our website at hftw.church. And follow us on our social media. May God bless you richly.